Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. We're always tearing down casinos and building smaller ones, right? Yeah. (laughs) Pete Thamel. So do we let Pat still pick games because he's he's been statistically eliminated? With SI's Pat Forty. Everybody conveniently <laughs> forgets about week zero. Oh, oh yeah. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. Uh, welcome for the race for the case. Now a standalone podcast because you guys gamble too much. <laughs> We're here to serve you, loyal listeners. I'm currently kicking ass in the race for the case. I believe I'm 400 with one loss. 400 wins. Yeah, I believe I clinched it. I don't even think we should keep score the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You're ready for the uh, natural disaster that ends the race for the case right now. Yeah. All right. Well, race for the case is now going to be a standalone event. We'll be able to get into a little bit more of the games. We'll be rushing because we babbled on about other stupid things on the r- traditional podcast. So here we go. But let's get started. So do with we it. let Pat still pick games? Because he's he's been statistically eliminated. Or are we going to let him see, statistically keep eliminated? I'm, <laughs> There's the I, magic I don't number. even have a losing record. I don't even have a losing record. Oh, you don't? Nobody oh, on this right. pod has a losing record. That's a good point. Everybody <laughs> conveniently forgets about week zero. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For week all zero, your UTEP green. look up Pat Forty's Twitter feed. He is going to pick the right UTEP game. I have the same record as Pat, so I'm offended as well, Pat. Okay. Six, six, six and six one. Six and one. We got time. Six, six and one. Why don't you guys try to tie all five picks this week? <laughs> look, I'll Get take it six, over six, last six. week. That'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. Bring the pushes on. I was a scalding 7-0-1 last week. Pet Pete, 5-2-1. Sully, 3-4-1. Pat, 2-5-1. I'm up 10-2. Pete's got 8-4. So we'll see how this goes. Let's get rolling. Oregon, Ducks, visiting Columbus. Horseshoe, noon. Fox, the big Fox noon game. Ohio State is giving 14 points. The over-under is 63.5. BetMGM says 60% of the bets and 90% of the money is on the Buckeyes. Pat Forty, your thoughts? Oh, I'm on the Buckeyes. 
I'm on the Buckeyes big. Oregon scared me against Fresno State. And I do agree with you that Fresno is pretty good. But still, you should not be life and death to beat Fresno. And then you're going to go from there into the horseshoe with Ohio State, with everybody who can score from 50, 60, 70 yards away. Uh, the other thing, do we have, I don't know whether we have any read yet on Kayvon Thibodeau's availability. Got hurt. He's the great pass rusher for Oregon. Could be could be the number one pick in the draft. Uh, if he's not available, I think the... Um, Ohio State offensive line will have no problem giving C.J. Stroud like all day to pass to those great receivers. It's, I think Ohio State could well boat race him here. I think they track meet him up and down the field and they cover the 14. So Thibodeau is is day-to-day, which offers very, very little insight. We have two main tenets we try to preach to our gambling listeners. One is buy Apple stock and two is do not put your bet in until an hour before kickoff. And so the Thibodeau injury has the potential to switch the line. I think with Thibodeau, Ohio State still wins. I think with he is a game-changing mauler, the type of defensive end who can wreck a game. Now, he's not Chase Young because he doesn't have that raw, raw, raw power that Chase Young does. He's not as big, but he's like a Dwight Freeney. I mean, he is just a whiplash off the edge and, you know, like a little bit of Khalil Mack in him maybe. I mean, he's an impressive, impressive player. All that said, if he is playing, you have to assume at this point he's not going to be a thousand percent. I really feel like Ohio State's offense will evolve some from the Minnesota game. And both these teams got tested. I think that's important. Like if you just go out and win 52 to nothing, that doesn't help your team grow as much as facing real adversity and playing in a hostile environment. So I expect Ohio State, Ryan Day is going to know better what CJ Stroud can and can't do, refine a good game plan about it. And look, it's old friend Anthony Brown for the Ducks and he he kind of is who he is at this point. I wonder if we will see a leap in the Ohio State defense. I, I, I know that that staff had to be disappointed in uh, the, the way they gave up yardage to Minnesota. So all that said, I think the uh, I think the Bucks win by 21. You can uh, maybe 41, 20 at something like that. I, I don't I don't see this being a particularly hotly contested game. Yeah, I'm with you both. You guys, you know, I think the offensive line is going to be the key here for the Buckeyes. Rushing attacks going to gash the Ducks. And then on the flip side, Anthony Brown didn't look too great through the air and that we've, we've talked talked about the Buckeye secondary. They're, they're talented and a little bit unexperienced, but they're they're going to be more than up to the challenge to stop them and slow them down. Definitely lay those 14. I'm going to take Ohio State to win. I'm going to take them to cover. The over-under intrigues me a little bit. We don't normally pick that. Look, Fresno State averaged 5.1 yards rushing and threw for 298. Uh, Ohio State's talent at the, at the skill positions is just so enormous. That if if Fresno State can do that, uh, I just don't see how, how how Ohio State isn't having a huge offensive game, whether Thibodeau plays or not. So I'm taking Ohio State to win and cover on that. What's a clean sweep for us? No lone dogs there. All right, children of the corn trophy, or as Pete said, the Iowa caucus, also good. Whatever. If everyone in Iowa can sober up, not pass out drunk for the game at 4:30 on Bush Lights. Uh, we're going to get one Iowa versus Iowa State. It's in Ames. Cyclones are giving four and a half. The over-under is 46.5. 90% of the bets, 80% of the money is on on the Hawkeyes at BetMGM. Pete, you can go first on this. Well, there's uh, our old friend Joe Drape, the longtime horse riding writer for the New York Times. I had a saying at the track when he liked a horse. He'd say, Petey! Bet with both hands. And if I were better, which I'm not, I would bet with both hands on Iowa. First of all, it'd be great if the over-under in this game was like 17, because that's probably what's going to happen. I really think that 
when you look at how Iowa evolved last season, they were one of the eight best teams in the country by the end of the season. They didn't end up playing in a bowl game. Missouri canceled on them because of COVID issues. But I really feel like this program has quietly hit a stride. And the tenor in which they just beat Indiana is, is really significant here. And for as much talent as Iowa State has in terms of flashy guys, uh, I mentioned them on the pod earlier this week with the Brees Halls and the Brock Purdies, and they have a couple guys like Rose back on uh, back on defense. They got a good rush end. I really don't feel like collectively the talent is 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 comparable to Iowa. So I think that Iowa is able to push them around a little bit, and I think that Iowa. I don't want to say wins comfortably because it's going to be raucous and these games are always slogs. But if you're getting four and a half, you you have to take it and feel really good. Uh, I mean, my initial thought was there's no way I was getting points in this. But I've looked into it a little bit more and I'm going to take Iowa State. This may be as bad as my Miami pick against Alabama. We'll see. It won't be. But that's a pretty bad pick. (laughs) It's a bad pick. Here's the thing. Like, Iowa's defense was extremely good against Indiana. Iowa's offense wasn't that good. Passing game, not very good at all. 13 of 27 for 145 yards. They had they broke a big run. Tyler Goodson broke a big run, and they had two pick sixes. Iowa State, Matt Campbell going to be super buttoned down defensively. I don't see him giving up a 70-yard touchdown, and I don't think Brock Birdie's going to serve up pick sixes. So I think you take away... I don't want to say gift touchdowns, but but you take those away and it just becomes, I think, a grim slog. And it may be another, like these these teams play close, low-scoring games, at least recently, could be another one of those. I think the Cyclones step up their level big time from what they showed against Northern Iowa. And I think Iowa's going to struggle offensively, and I'm going to take the Cyclones despite myself. 13 Sorry. for 27 for Ferentz is like a fever dream. I mean, that's like an, that's like an air raid game. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, I'm with Pete here. I I loved Iowa last week. I love them this week. They lost two fumbles too, Pat. So you tighten that up a little bit. That's that's a couple more scores for them here. And I'm I'm all on the Hawkeyes. Give me the points. Yeah, look, uh, my heart wants to go with with Cyclones. Uh, I think it will be an absolutely crazy environment. And I think... um, that can be worth a touchdown. You know, does does the crowd force a a bad turnover or or a pick six or something? But I think Iowa's really good. You know, I just think they're a good team. And I think they're the better team. And I don't think they're going to rattle too much in that that deal. And if you're going to give me four and a half points, uh, I just don't know how... I mean, if this is a field goal game one way or the other, I wouldn't be shocked at all. So if you're going to give me that many points... Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Iowa. That that line has surprised me. What I'll the hell go, does I'll Vegas go. know? What the hell do they know? It's just yeah. one of those lines. Because they're always tearing down casinos and building smaller ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all sitting there watching the end of Boise UCF at one in the morning being like, yeah. they're good at their job. They're good at their job. City that game was five wages. and a half and ended at five. Yeah. yeah like the, the Thursday games, that was five and a half ended up five. Ohio State, Minnesota was 14 yeah. ended up 14. Push, push. I mean, push. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, no, when they were doing it last year and like we had no idea who would play and like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like oh, Arkansas yeah. Baptist and those, you're like, how the hell did they <laughs> nail the line on Arkansas Baptist versus Central Arkansas? <laughs> anyway, speaking of Arkansas, Texas is visiting big game, biggest game since uh, Richard Nixon attended the Texas Arkansas game. 
<laughs> Legendary. Fighting Sam Pittman's are getting six and a half. They are home dogs. Over under is 57. 90% of the bets, 80% of the money is on Texas. No one's believing in Arkansas. Longhorns coming off a excellent first game under Steve Sarkeesian beating uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns last week. Thoughts on this one? We'll go with you first, Pat. I, I mean, I like the idea of an SEC home dog getting points, but I didn't like what Arkansas showed against Rice. Rice is getting better, but come on, man. You, they struggled badly in that game, especially offensively. Could not throw the ball. K.J. Jefferson at uh, quarterback there. I think Texas has they've certainly they've got weapons. They've got a new identity now. Bijan Robinson ready to have another big game. Hudson Card did well in his first start. I think he takes another step forward now. Uh, so I will take the horns and give the points. Yeah, I mean, we nobody liked Sam Pittman more than this podcast last year, right? Uh, yes, sir. But the, at the end of the day, Arkansas finished three and seven in their uh, in their all SEC slate. They are uh, they are now four and seven under Pittman. That that hire has clearly energized that program. But I do wonder if the lack of offensive polish that that we've seen this roster isn't suited for what Kendall Bryles wants to do. If, if that makes uh, if that makes some sense. So yeah, it'd be really hard to not pick Texas. Uh, Bijan Robinson himself is going to be the difference, I think, in this game. Hudson Card, we'll, we'll see first time on the road, adversity. There are those, you know, early early tenure jitters for him. But I, uh, I I really, I like I like Texas here. It's just Arkansas hasn't shown enough to, to, to think that they'll keep it that close. I'm with you guys. Hudson Card went 14 for 21 for 224 and a touchdown against a, a really good UL secondary and uh, Arkansas certainly does have what doesn't have what Louisiana has back there. And, you know, Arkansas against rice ground game looked good, but Texas they'll be able to stack the box against them. Play those points guys. It'll be awesome scene in Fayetteville too, man. What a great place to watch a football game. And that yeah. is going to be a hype fest. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, but I can't pick them. Uh, I think Texas wins this game. You know, a lot of what Arkansas did in looking good last year was in losses. Yeah. There's still a long way away from really getting there. This would certainly help. Nothing would get Arkansas back quicker than establishing an identity with recruits in the state of Texas, and nothing does that quicker than beating Texas. So uh, it's a huge game for for the Hogs, but I'm going to take Texas on this, given the points, six and a half. All right, NC State at Mississippi State, little mid mid level or you know kind of juicy little ACC SEC challenge game is in Starkville. Mississippi State rallied to uh, not blow it uh, last week. NC State is giving two and a half. So the Bulldogs are a home dog. The over-under is 55. The game is at 7 o'clock on ESPN2. The money's on uh, NC State, 90%. 80% of the bets are on NC State. Well, I've been uh, I've been bullish on uh, on NC State. I know we have a lot of NC State listeners who've uh, who've appreciated that. I kind of called them my unranked team who could end up crashing the uh, the top ten. And the thing about Mississippi State that would scare me after one week of empirical evidence is that they gave up thirty four and three quarters to to Louisiana Tech. Now they did shut them down in the fourth, and it enabled that miracle comeback. But I feel like pound for pound. The NC State program has better athletes right now. I feel like they have a left tackle who's going to be a first-round pick. I feel like Peyton Wilson is one of the most dominant defensive players in the country. I feel like an SEC team is always getting the benefit of doubt 
versus an ACC team because they feel like they have better talent and better athletes. And I don't think that's the case here. I, I think NC State does. Devin Leary is an experienced quarterback. This isn't his first rodeo and going on the road. A short week to prepare for the 3-3-5 could be something that's a little bit tricky for, for NC State. But I do feel like they are a veteran team that can go in there and, and figure out a way to, to win. And, and look, Mississippi State as a program hasn't shown us a ton since going to LSU and boat racing them that that opening year, so I really feel like this is uh, this is prime road favorite territory for NC State. Yeah, I'm with you on NC State there. I just say they they looked very authoritative against South Florida, and maybe South Florida's terrible. Uh, combine that with the fact that yes, Mississippi State was down 20 at home to Louisiana Tech. That did not inspire enough confidence in me to say that they could beat what I think is a good, solid team. So I will take the Wolfpack. Yep, I'm on them as well. They have the perfect defense to slow down the air raid. NC State's going to kill them in the trenches. Give me the Wolfpack as well. Yeah, boring picks, boring games this week right here. Going NC State. Dave Dorian doesn't do He's kind of boring himself, but uh, team's pretty good. They get the Done team a good going. job. All right, Washington at Michigan. 8 p.m. in the big house. ABC, Michigan is giving six and a half. The over-under is just 49 points. 90% of the bets, 90% of the money on Michigan. Anyone got any faith in, faith in Washington? Well, they scored seven against an FCS team. <laughs> no faith. Michigan. Man, was, ABC was dying. Like They're like, all right, this, this could do a number, right? right. We got yeah. big oh, Michigan yeah. brand. Yeah. We got Seattle. This could, yeah. Boom. Pat, go ahead. You were taking Michigan, I believe. I'm taking Michigan. Absolutely. The loss of Ronnie Bell, not good for them from an explosive playmaking standpoint, but defensive coordinator changed. All good reviews so far for the first game under Coach McDonald. Quarterbacks showed some stuff. I mean, as usual, the temptation is there to say, oh, Michigan's going to be pretty good. And eventually that temptation will wear off when they screw up somewhere down the line. But I don't think this is it. I just can't get over how bad Washington had to have been against Montana. So I am all in with the Wolverines. Yeah, watch the Wolverines some, and there is just a complete defensive change to highlight what they have. They did not have dominant corners, and they played a lot of press man last year under Don Brown. Last year, the last, it's his entire tenure, right? Didn't work, and there was a negligence in the coaching staff for realizing it wasn't working and trying to overhaul things. And that's not like mid-season changes. They didn't realize what they had. Mike McDonald has come in and in a very small sample size brought some baseline competency to, to the Michigan defense. And so it's just hard for me to envision Washington coming in all of a sudden having a functional offense under John Donovan, who had a lot of dysfunctional offenses at Penn State. There was no evidence of that. So I just think you got to, you, if you're going to take Washington here, you got to really know something because nothing's been offered it after, after 60 minutes of football for both these teams to think they'd be able to, to hang in this game. Yeah. Our old friend, John Wilner had a great breakdown of UW's offensive performance. Uh, it might be the worst of all time. Their second half possessions went as follows 28 yards, 18 yards, 23 yards, minus seven yards, 20 yards, 25 yards. Woo. That's not good. They didn't run a single play. After the opening drive inside Montana's 25-yard line, give me the Wolverines all day. This is the easiest pick I may have all year. Wolverine defense looked really good on uh, on Saturday against a Western Michigan team that I think is going to be a factor in the MAC. That's a solid MAC team. They looked good. They had athletes. Ronnie Bell's loss is big for them because he really was uh, an elite-level playmaker. 
uh, and and helped the punt game, which is when he got hurt. But I, I just I don't Washington. I don't know how they move the ball. I mean, obviously they have to improve dramatically in one week. Uh, I think we say it a lot of this podcast, though. If you can't block, if you can't move the ball running on an FCS team. You don't get better at blocking in one week. There's, I mean, so I got Michigan on this. That's going to be pretty chalk right there. I think it'll be a whole lot of movement. Yeah. Pat's the only. He's got a lone dog out there, lone wolf. Well, let's get to uh, lock of the week. See what we can come up with. Uh, anyone do their research? Anyone ready for a lock of the week? I am. Uh, I'm going to stay in the Northeast. I'm going to go with Rutgers minus two and a half in the Carrier Dome against Syracuse. Both these teams had uh, very striking performances early. Syracuse handled Ohio on the road in an opener, uh, really shut shut Ohio down and showed some metal that a Syracuse defense hasn't showed in a while. Tony White runs the funky three three five, and it was at least. Interesting to see Syracuse really a program that had been predicated on offense to really shut somebody down, uh, especially on the road. Rutgers, though, my Lord, Rutgers. I I mean, Greg Schiano reincarnated as like an air raid guy. They scored 61 against Temple. That's crazy. I mean, even when Rutgers was excellent under Shiano and they were in the top 10, they were dreadful and borderline unwatchable on offense. So you have year two of Sean Gleason, who was an excellent coordinator at Princeton. He was very good at Oklahoma State. And they have Noah Vedral, obviously. They have Bo Melton at tailback. They have some skill and some talent. But 61 for Rutgers, I don't care who it's against. That that really is eye-opening. We'll see what translates there, but I just think... These are two programs headed in different directions. Rutgers is is moving up. They have talent. They're owning recruiting in that Northeast quadrant compared to relative to uh, to Syracuse. So I will uh, I will believe it when I see it uh, from Syracuse. And uh, don't underestimate what a big game this is in in the Northeast, because really Rutgers could do a knockout blow to Syracuse recruiting with with a win. They've already dominated up in that quadrant. Yeah, yeah, squatted on it quickly. That was that was a veteran move by Pete there. I am going to take Oklahoma State giving 13 and a half to Tulsa. Look, Oklahoma State was by no means a world beater in its opener slogging past Missouri State, but Bobby Petrino knows what he's doing. That's who they were going up against there. Tulsa, on the other hand, did not get through. They lost to Dan Hawkins and UC Davis and gave up over 300 passing yards to UC Davis. Mike Gundy's going to throw for four bills. Tulsa, all their defensive backs transferred to Missouri. Their defensive secondary coach went to Missouri. They got nobody on the back end, uh, and it showed up in their opener, and I just have no faith in the Golden Hurricane after that loss. Uh, I like the Cowboys to cover the 13.5. If I could just quickly interject and say that I was remiss, and I said this to Pat in the press box Saturday, that we did not note the matchup between Gundy and Petrino was the matchup of the two coaches who may hate Pat the most. It was the disingenuous (laughs) drifter versus the mullet. It's true. We missed an opportunity there. Yeah, that was a, that was an opportunity. We could have branded it. We could have sold it. So, but my my apologies for not being uh, on point in my schedule watching earlier. All right, I was going to pick Pat's pick until or another Pat Narduzzi opened up his big mouth this week and said he's not worried about Neyland Stadium. Well, I hate to tell you, Pitt is going is laying three and a half points going into Neyland Stadium this weekend. I am absolutely taking the homer pick. Pitt's front seven lost a ton from 2020. UT's rush game is really good between Evans, Small, and Milton. On the flip side, Pitt beat the dead carcass of UMass 51 to whatever, but uh, Kenny Pickett 
is going to have just enough issues with that Tennessee secondary to keep it within three and a half. Give me the balls. Oh, Sully. God bless you. You never change. <laughs> yep. Well, I can't go with the same. I can't go with the same freaking, you know, lock of the week as Pat. So got to right. change it All up. Right. Bet with your heart. It's the surest way to go broke. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is not going to be my pick, but I thought I, I, I may regret this. I like Virginia giving uh, giving 10 to Illinois. Mm. Okay. Mm. I like In that. In Charlottesville, pick. right, Dan? Yep. But they're given 10. I'm not going to take that. But what I am going to take is Wyoming is visiting Northern Illinois. Hmm. And Wyoming is giving seven points. Northern Illinois, fresh off defeating Georgia Tech, is a seven-point home dog. Wyoming uh, barely beat Montana State last week. 19-16, to they've defeated Montana State. And I think this Northern Illinois team is good. And I think you give me seven and they're going to be kind of hyped up. There'll be a big crowd there. There you go. Maction. I'm taking Northern Illinois to cover at least. The fighting Rocky Lombardis, the former Michigan State mullet, is their quarterback at Northern. There you go. They got that. It's not a bad team right there. Northern Illinois will do it. And I'll, I'll maybe kicking myself for not grabbing that, that Virginia game. But that is where we're at. And I know since I'm in first place, everyone's dying for my pick. <laughs> that is the race for the case. Those are our picks. Picked days and days ahead of time, and we still do really well. Don't go to these other gambling podcasts. They're ridiculous. We got it all right here. Continue to subscribe. Listen to our all our other pods. Tell your friends about us. We appreciate all the help you guys can give us. We will talk to you on Monday with the overreaction of everything going on, including uh, cursing out uh, the dumb ideas we had on this podcast. Bye, Apple Stock. Talk to you then. <laughs>